Welcome to Sport Management Review Insights. I'm your host, Vito Sobral. Public support for hosting the Olympic Games or the FIFA World Cup was once taken as a given. But in recent years, the soaring cost of hosting these events has increased scrutiny on whether hosting major sport events really has public support. And so the topic for this episode is the referenda used to gauge public support for hosting major sport events. Joining us to consider this is someone who's published several articles on major sport events, as well as having first-hand knowledge working on them. She's lecturer and researcher in sport management at Auckland University of Technology. It's Mel Johnson. Welcome, Mel. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you from New Zealand as well. We don't get many people talking from New Zealand, so uh, it's a bit fun because of the time difference between where I am and where you are. It is. <laughs> Mel and co-authors Michael Naylor, Jeff Dixon, David Hedlund and Tim Kellison recently published Determinants of Support and Participation in a Major Sport Event Referendum. Now, Mel, uh, reading this, uh, it brought me back to that fateful day in 1993 when Sydney was awarded the Olympic Games. There was partying in the streets, all sorts happening. The country erupted in celebration, but so much has changed since then. How does this research help us understand public support and major sport events? Yeah, it, it has changed. I think we're increasingly seeing you know, a lot more scepticism around hosting such big events. Um, and, a, and a lot more conversation, whether it be, you know, due to the increase of the way that we communicate, whether it's social media or online and so forth. There's just a whole bunch more conversation and rhetoric about um, whether or not sport events and particularly large sport events like the Olympic Games, FIFA, World Cup or the Com Games are actually beneficial for those who are hosting it and, and the, what the impact has on residents. And so, yeah, I, as you alluded to, um, my background before coming into academia was um, working in major sport events here um, in Auckland, New Zealand. And so part of my role um, working um, in these events was going out into the community and chatting to those local residents and businesses who um, were going to be impacted by the event. And so that got me thinking about um, how we make decisions on bidding to host these events and what say do residents have or citizens have in that decision. And also what was happening in the world was we saw this increase in using referenda to make those decisions, typically more the European um, region, but it was something that was, you know, how much should citizens have a say on such a big, a big decision. Mel, um, I believe Tim Kellison and I, Tim, who, who's part of this project as well, we solved the issue of whether it's referendums and referenda on a previous podcast. <laughs> um, so referenda it is. It's referenda. referenda. It's referenda. So okay. luckily you wrote that in the, in the paper that he was involved with as well. <laughs> More seriously, why was it important to take that referenda perspective on this issue? This research in particular, we were looking at the context of um, New Zealand hosting the Commonwealth Games. So the Con Games were on the cards for a potential bid. And how were we going to make this bid decision whether we go forward or not? In the background was this referenda kind of upswing on using this. And New Zealand is actually, we're, we're, we've got a bit of a history with referenda. We like it, generally speaking. We've used it a little bit, um, you know, to make some legislative type decisions. But more recently, we've had quite a number of uh, referenda, such as we're changing flags, which we didn't change. And then last year, we had cannabis uh, so legalization of cannabis or and euthanasia referenda. So we've had this upswing in the use of 
um, this kind of political decision making. And so it kind of made sense in terms of the context of looking at a potential bid for a major event for New Zealand. Com Games is probably one of the bigger biggest events we could realistically host here. And then looking at how much say can citizens have and is a referendum the right method in which to make that decision. As you say, it's, it's mostly used for, I guess, bigger political considerations, constitutional changes, flags in Australia, the Republic. So when did we start thinking about a referenda? And I know you mentioned it started in Europe. When did, when did this idea start for, well, should we host a sport event or not? Let's, let's take it to the people with a referenda. When did, where did that idea come from? So it's been around for a little while. In the 70s, there was some, you know, there was a little bit of use of referenda, but it hasn't really been until more recent times, which we've seen in like, you know, Switzerland, Oslo and so forth, Munich, um, using referenda to make decisions on whether to host the event, uh, particularly the Winter Olympics has been the major event referenda has been used for. So mainly they've been within that Europe region in terms of major sport events referenda. But if we took out outside of major sport event referenda and looked at sport referenda um, as a whole, that kind of has been used a little bit more. But mainly in the United States, generally they can use referenda to make decisions on whether or not um, a stadium should be built. So it's kind of been around, but in terms of major sport event decisions, that's really quite new and really increasing in, in frequency. And if you want to hear more about a referendum in sport uh, and stadia being built, you can listen to the podcast with Tim Kellison on the previous one. It's really good too. But as you mentioned, this is about a referendum for uh, the major sport event based on a number of factors that included political interest, habitual voting, civic duty, political cynicism. I, I really like that one. Among several others, um, you came up with a number of hypotheses. Uh, what were you expecting to find when you're going into this research? It was quite hard because there are not, because it's, you know, a fairly new phenomenon, um, you know, major sport event referendum, there's not that many, not that much research out there and definitely no research that's taken place that I know of yet pre-referendum or pre-event. Most of it's taken place around, you know, how did people vote and what were the reasons they voted a certain way. So we kind of really had to delve into political science. Um, and so what we kind of found, as you alluded to, there were kind of some well-established determinants or links to referenda support and intention. And they were the things like political interest, habitual voting, what's your ideology, political ideology, um, efficacy, satisfaction with democracy. So those were kind of well-established. Um, and then there were two new ones we were really interested in, and they were civic duty. So, you know, if you had a you know, higher sense of civic duty, the assumption was, or our assumption was, was you're more likely to um, support a major sport event referendum and you're more likely to participate in that referendum as well. Um, and yeah, one key thing we found in the literature was that we really needed to differentiate between referendum support and intention to or likelihood to vote because it's all great and well that you might support having, you know, a referendum to make a major sport event decision. But ultimately, it's those who turn up on the day that matter. And so being able to differentiate those two were really important for us. So you had civic duty. So our assumption was, yes, 
greater sense of civic duty is going to positively impact it. Now, this is where, like you said, political cynicism was interesting. So we looked at political cynicism. It's a well-established kind of construct, but it's new in terms of the fact of its link to referendum support and intention to participate. The research is quite mixed on it. So, you know, our general assumption would be that if you are politically cynical, you are disengaged from politics, you're averted to it, you're frustrated with it, and don't want to have a bar of it. So a referendum you're not interested in or no intention to participate in it. But on the other coin, um, there's some research that has shown that actually if you're politically cynical and you are um, frustrated, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not engaged and it can actually have a mobilising effect that you see referenda as a way to have a direct say. It potentially could have a positive impact if you're political, politically cynical, have a positive impact on referenda support for a major event and intention to participate. So we were unsure of which way we would sit on that one. It was quite interesting going into it to see whether or not it would have a mobilising effect or, or the opposite. And so after delving into the murky world of political science um, and getting your your hypotheses set out, to research this, you surveyed 603 New Zealanders about a potential, as you mentioned, a potential Commonwealth Games bid. What kind of questions were you asking them and and how did you you settle on those? You know, we kind of took from um, a key article, which was um, Shuck and Javrice. They had looked at 21 European um, nations in regards to what the support for referendum was in terms of EU issues. Um, And they had a really great questions um, in terms of how to measure the constructs. And what we also liked, because this um, this was actually a bigger research project, and this is one part of the research project. So what we were looking at, we actually had quite a large survey for these people to fill in. So we also liked that it was quite succinct and, you know, it measured really well and it read really well from like a Kiwi perspective. We took what they had in that political science field and we were able to adapt slightly to our position and had some, you know, consultation and so forth prior to doing it. After collecting the data, you used a multinomial regression model. Uh, Can you explain what this was and how this was used to analyze the data? Yeah, well, I come from a qualitative world, and so I jumped straight into a quantitative world uh, for this research project. So, So I had a steep learning curve as well, which I'm glad to have done. But basically what it looks at is it, it divides them into levels. So it was like a seven point like a scale. So where do you sit in terms of, for example, a civic duty question would have been like, you know, it's every citizen's duty to vote in an election. Where do you sit, you know, strongly disagree or strongly agree? With multinomial, you split it up into piecemeal. So you can see in each of those who did three versus those who did strongly um, strongly agree at seven, we looked at each individual one. And so we look at it as an individual as opposed to a continual scale. Yeah, once you've done the quantitative magic, what did you find? What were, what were the key results? From a general perspective, we found that um, those representatives from um, New Zealand, uh, particularly Auckland, we looked at Auckland and Christchurch um, because those were the two um, locations that were um, highlighted as the most likely to host 
generally, overall, there was support for a referendum, you know, and the majority were likely to participate in that referendum. Um, and there was no real difference between Auckland or Christchurch or no kind of meaningful dis- difference. And so there, there is an appetite for it, which was interesting. Um, when looking specifically at like support for referendum and those key kind of items we were looking from political science um, literature, we found that um, those, so civic duty and political cynicism, um, you know, were significant and mattered in regards to into referendum um, support. Um, so those who had a high sense of um, civic duty were more likely to support the referendum. But what is interesting is we found that political cynicism actually mattered more than um, civic um, duty. So those who were more politically cynical were more likely to support a referendum. So, you know, you could take that as a they wanted a way to have a say or a direct say than those who just had a sense of civic duty and would vote no matter what was on the ballot. So that was super interesting. And then looking at intention to participate, kind of vice versa now. So now civic um, duty actually mattered more in terms of whether or not they would participate. Um, And then political cynicism had less of a mobilising effect. I don't know if they were those who are politically cynical or, or, or talk. <laughs> I don't know. That might be another research project. But yeah, it had a moderating effect. Um, so a moderate effect, I mean. So those who are politically cynical, yeah, it was still significant that they are more likely to vote. Yeah, and in terms of the more well-established factors, um, yeah, with the referendum uh, intention to participate, a political interest was significant as well. So if you're politically interested, you're probably more likely to vote. Yeah, some really fascinating findings, I I guess, in keeping with some of the things we've seen more broadly with with Brexit votes and and maybe Trump uh, being elected and and those kind of ideas. Now, from a theoretical perspective, how did this advance our understanding, the knowledge with major sport events and and referenda? I mean, I think the key thing for us here really was it it really is just like it's a conversation starter as well. So, you know, it's just putting a a stake in the ground saying, you know, like, what is the support for this thing we're seeing, which is referenda to make such decisions? You know, we know from political science that we know somewhat about referenda support and voter intention, but that really is to do with things such as, you know, legislative issues or some social issues. But major sport event, having a decision on a major sport event is something, using a referendum is something quite different, I think. And that kind of just shows you, you know, the scope of what sport is to nations and cities and what major sport event would be and and how much money it costs and how much impact it has. And start a conversation about how much say should citizens have in making such decisions? Should they have any say? And some of the things we looked at in the wider project was, you know, what do those who currently make decisions of major sport events, so governments, key event stakeholders, what do they think about citizens having a say in such a, such a you know, such a big decision? Should they have a say? Another, another article with Tim Callison there um, in regards to, um, you know, having a chat to those people and doing some qualitative conversations about, you know, whether or not those key decision makers actually align what they want. Does it actually align with what, what the people want, which is more say? 
from a practical perspective, let's say you got back into to the, the sport. I know you don't want to. Uh, the sport event or organization game and, and being part of that. Or if government came to you, what advice would you give major sport event organizers uh, and, and potential people who were looking at getting involved in a bid and, and government as well and public servants? Yeah, I definitely think my days are done in events. I like my sleep way too much now. But I think what I would and what I have said to them is basically just to start a conversation and start reflecting on how they make their decisions and how much consultation, maybe a referenda, you know, referenda, you know, is is not without its challenges. We've seen that with Brexit. We know it costs a lot of money. We know that um, it takes a lot of time and process. So maybe a referendum is not a great, you know, not always applicable. But is there consultation and is it authentic consultation? How much say are you going to let citizens have? And also not just as a maybe a yes, no binary kind of referendum is not the right way. Maybe understanding how it's going to impact them and then helping to kind of shape what you do if you really want the event to come come great but how is it going to impact understanding how it's going to impact people and how to shape that around that really good advice mel uh hopefully they take it all on board it was great chatting a really interesting research and and hopefully just the start as well like you said this is just the beginning there's plenty more to do yeah, there is. Lots. It's a, and it's a really interesting area. I still get very excited about it. <laughs> Always good <laughs> Thanks to hear. for having me. Thanks so much, Mel. Thank you. And thanks for listening to Sport Management Review Insights. At the Sport Management Review website, you'll find all the latest research being published, including the article discussed in this episode, Determinants of Support and Participation in a Major Sport Event Referendum. That's it for this episode, but of course, there's plenty more you can download to your favourite podcast player. Until then, it's bye for now.